Welcome everyone to our second edition of Blended and Beyond. I am Alicia Carta. I'm Steve Matthews. Welcome to our episode number two. Um, I guess, Alicia, this means we're experts now? We really know what we're doing. <laughs> totally know what we're doing. Yeah. Or we're figuring it out. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so we have a guest with us today. And this came about pretty organically, right, Steve? We're just having a conversation. Yep, yep. And you said, hey, this is the type of thing we're trying to look for to do for a podcast. So right. other people need to hear this too, I think. Yeah, exactly. So I'd like to introduce. Hello, my name is Megan Heslin, and I am the interim elementary instructional support teacher over at Moody and had the pleasure of having Steve in my room the other day and we started talking about um, Hapara and I'm in the midst of becoming, trying to become a Hapara champion educator and we were just discussing the the different things that I've been learning as I um, take my self-paced walk through it and here we are, I get to be on the podcast. So who knew? That's very exciting. Uh, Megan, I think there's a couple of things there we need to unpack for everybody because there's people uh, outside of the school district who might be listening to us. So Moody Elementary School is one of eight elementary schools in town here. And before you were at Moody, Megan, I believe you were at Bealfield. Is that correct? Yep. I um, got to spend, oh my gosh, I don't want to date myself, I believe 15 or 16 years over at um, at Bealfield. Wow. Um, She's yeah. old. Yes, I know, she right? <sighs> I, I can say that I'm her sister. Yeah, yeah. That's right. You can't see my face. That's okay. It's a smile. It's always a smile. <laughs> always a smile. <laughs> always a smile. So also, um, besides um, getting our listeners acquainted with the various schools in our district, as we just did with Moody and Bealfield Elementary Schools, um, your position, can you say what your position was again? Yes, yeah, I'm the... Um, I started in January as the interim elementary instructional support teacher, or sometimes it's just, you know, shorthand referred to as ICED, and every elementary school in Middletown has one, and it's a instructional coach to support the teachers, the students, um, the principal with whatever they might need around um, anything, really. Anything can, any way we can help, we do. So it's kind of a, an awesome job. Well, good. I was going to ask if you could kind of highlight the, the general duties of that position. I think you did very well. And Alicia, you also have occupied the same position, correct? Yes, I was the ICE here at Moody as well. And um, yeah, we don't have enough time to outline everything that the ICE does. Um, but yeah, it just helps make the school run and helps teachers with curriculum and instruction. And I think Megan touched upon uh, an important piece there regarding the, the coaching, because that's something that uh, your positions and, and my position have in common as the uh, instructional technology coach and in, in working with teachers and helping them to improve their instruction. For me, sp specifically regarding technology tools, uh, but for you all as, uh, as the ICE, uh, more along the lines of uh, general instructional strategies and such. Yep, exactly. That's a really good way to put it. And um, Alicia put it really well too, helping the teachers be able to focus their attention on the most important job they have, which is instructing the students. So if there's um, a strategy that they'd like a little bit more information on or even a topic that, you know, they have 
they want to learn more about so that they can then pass that along to their students, I can step in and do some of that background work to help them be able to uh, do spend the most time possible just instructing and taking their students as far as they can go. Very good, very good. And I think we all can agree that, you know, where we are now, uh, hopefully post-COVID, you know, on the, the downswing of that going through the pandemic has changed the way we do everything. You know, Very where our, you know, my coaching has always been kind of instructionally based, maybe for you guys in your positions, not so much previously, but becoming more so now. Would you say it's a true statement? I, I would. We've, um, I can't kind of like to think of it. Um, we were thrown into the deep end with the technology, and I think mm -hmm. it was one of the positives that could come from this if we could find a light, positive light in all this craziness that um, we've had some of these tools for for a while. and. Um, at different levels and, and willingness have tried them out, but we all had to just dive into the technology. We had no choice and people have done amazing things and surprised themselves. And um, I'm just hoping it keeps going that way. Yeah, I definitely agree with that. And, you know, because it was uh, pretty much all of my job about a year ago to help teachers become acclimated with and more comfortable with these tools, so many teachers who have never used the tools before and because, like you said, they had to, because yep. at that point, everyone was at home. So it was basically trial by fire. Mm -hmm. And I've had so many teachers say to me at this point, I, I, my skills are so much better regarding tech tools. I, I know so much more than I did. And that's awesome to hear because before they might not have tried these things. Mm -hmm. They might have been not to say technophobic, but, you know, the saying, if it ain't broke, yes, you know, I yep, do what exactly. I do. I've been doing it for 25 years. It's great until things change. And mm -hmm. I think all of us agree that we hope going forward that teachers maintain these skills and continue to use the tech tools, albeit the kids are, are uh, more and more physically present now. There's still some that are at home, which is kind of going to lead to the nature of our conversation, but that um, they can make the best use of these tools with the kids who are physically present and with the kids mm -hmm. who are virtually present. So. In, in walking through this school in particular, how um, how have you noticed the teachers in this building using the tech tools? So I've seen um, first and foremost, of course, is Zoom and the comfort that we've the comfort level that we've gotten um, with having some students physically in front of us and some students um, home on the computer. So we're very comfortable with using Zoom. We've pulled in Google Classroom and Seesaw for sure to push out assignments so that everyone is getting um, you know, the same, maybe not the same assignment, but they're getting the same material in the way that's best for them. So the differentiation is of course there. Um, but I've seen just some amazing projects that the kids have done using either Seesaw or Google Classroom. Um, there's a lot of Pear Deck being used. So it's mm. this interactive, you know, live right now activity that um, teachers can see exactly what students are doing right then. So it's not that, okay, I'm going to collect your paper and correct it and then get back to you with the feedback. The feedback is, is instantaneous. So um, I think whether people may not realize it, but the um, what students are learning is, is, I wanna say expanding, even though we might not feel it because we feel like we've missed so much time, but the feedback is so immediate that you can go to the next thing, whereas it might've taken a day to get to the next thing in 
in air quotes normal times now you can go to the next thing in five minutes because i know where you're at with this right now mm -hmm. so let's take the next step so um i've heard you know students coming to understandings that might have taken again a day it sounds funny to say a day like it's a long time but in you know i mean every minute every second counts that immediate um, feedback and yes, assessment yeah. yes and i think that's also another another good part of this podcast is because i like how you said we're in it and when you're in it every day you it's very hard to take a step back and i think that's what when steve and i talked about this is the uh, one of the goals is to shine the light on on all of the wonderful work that's been happening and and the uh just to celebrate mm -hmm. because when you are in that classroom every single day you it's hard to take a step back take a breath and be like and just appreciate all of your hard work yeah and so i i i, I wanted that to be one of one of the goals of this podcast is to just like i said last time celebrate mm -hmm. totally agree because i think it, it's easy for people to focus on what hasn't worked mm -hmm. that's what we do you know and i hear people say well this this technology didn't work yesterday which it's it, true it probably didn't and it's going to happen and you know i try to 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 relate to teachers in my demonstrations when something goes wrong and in doing various tutorials and demos uh, and pds across the district not, er, nothing goes perfectly but i have to model for the teachers that when it goes wrong here's how we can work around it in real time so mm -hmm. i think so many teachers are afraid to use technology because when it inevitably doesn't work like they expect it to they don't want to look like they don't know what they're doing in front of their kids and i think students are very tolerant when it comes to teachers and their relative knowledge of technology because i think it's always been that way when i was in elementary school if i de de date myself i was <laughs> helping the teachers with the vcrs and the film strip projectors whether or not they actually knew how to use those things, I really don't know. Looking back, and maybe they were giving me something to do. What did you say? Film the strip projector? Film strip, like eight millimeter. You fit no, it. I know what it yeah, is. Yeah. I'm just saying. And the that's, that's a while ago. And if it stopped, you'd melt the film and like, oh, <laughs> movie's over, kids. Just, I just had to point that out. Sorry. Yeah, yeah. And the computers, <laughs> we, had, we had to tell them to do everything. You know, Commodore 64s, so Windows back then. <gasps> But anyway, mm -hmm. there, there's a tolerance amongst kids for when their teachers, quote unquote, fail with technology, because it also empowers the kids to help the teachers. Mm -hmm. And it's a learning moment, too, of it is. we learn, too. You never stop learning. I, I don't know everything because I'm the teacher. Mm -hmm. And even, you know, in terms of it makes me think of the SEL piece that we're working on so, so much now to work through it you know like you have to work through when something doesn't work it's not always going to work mm -hmm. you you're never going to be perfect nothing's ever going to be perfect and it's 1000 percent okay you can take steps to try and work through it and that's how you learn for the next time so it's just all it's okay <laughs> it's okay <laughs> yeah the learning piece is key and i think where, where we were trying to go with teachers with this is that they can learn how to best use these tools to facilitate their instruction, to, to maximizing the efficiency of their delivery of the instruction and increase the level of differentiation for all the students, both students who need extra differentiation and students who are ready to move on um, at a faster rate. You know, and along those lines, you had mentioned Hapara earlier. Yeah. So I'm yes. not sure if everyone listening knows exactly what Hapara is. Um, Megan's going through uh, 
the Hapara Champion Educator Certification Training, um, and that's something that I currently am facilitating in the district as a um, one of the Hapara Champion Trainers. Um, I went through all the same trainings, but to a higher level because of the nature of my position, I thought it was appropriate to do so. And then Hapara asked me to facilitate this uh, Champion Educator Training in the district, in the hopes that we can in in increase teachers' um, abilities with APARA and their usage of it. Now APARA, on the surface, it, it looks like if, if Padlet and Google Classroom had a, had a baby, basically. It definitely uh, does. The, the APARA totally workspace does. part, at least. <laughs> yes. Uh, mm -hmm. Because you have like cards or yes. they're like mm -hmm. cards or stickies um, posted in the workspace, which is typically organized into four columns, and each column um, has different functions, uh, goals, resources, evidence, or work, and uh, rubrics. And that's kind of the where the students can work through their their projects or units because the teacher lays out the goals the student sees what they're going to be able to do at the end of the unit the resources basically gives students uh, the information or paths to the information that they need in terms of links to documents or websites or videos and the evidence or work is the output here's what you're going to do and if the teacher decides to include the fourth column the rubrics how we're going to grade you so that type of tool we're hoping can allow students to to move on when they're ready, not have to wait for the teacher, um, and basically get to where they need to be and should be at a quicker and more importantly, more efficient manner. And I think it also helps, correct me if I'm wrong, you can share your workspace, right? With each other, like I could share mine with you. Exactly. So if we were all a grade level team and let's say i was planning language arts and you were planning math we could share all of our work instead of all of us working in our in our silos we can we can work together to share so that you know be, if we if we've learned anything and we always knew this, but time is precious. And if we can, if we can find ways to collaborate and share, I, everyone, I know I sound like a broken record. I say it all the time, but um, just to get that time back, um, then let's do it. Yeah, I totally agree because it's overwhelming for any one of us to say, you know, three of us are fifth grade teachers. Why should each of us have to plan out the entire year, all of the units for all the subjects ourselves? Why shouldn't we work together and I'll take the, the science unit and Alicia, you take the math unit and Megan, you take the social studies or, or whatever and then share. Mm -hmm. And Hapara, not that this is meant to be a, a Hapara love kind of podcast because <laughs> it's not, but Hapara can facilitate that when all three of us can share the same workspace or we can copy each other's workspace. Mm -hmm. Right. Uh, and you can do similar things in other tools as well. Yeah, yeah, this is just, this is... This yes, yeah, another and like we said in our previous podcast, it's another tool in your toolkit toolbox. Yeah. Right. However, however you want to think about it. Yeah, and we mentioned Padlet before, and yeah. I mean that this looks like Padlet and Google Classroom had a baby. Yeah. But just take Padlet separately. How many teachers use have used, especially during COVID, when all the kids were remote? Yes. Padlet has set up their daily or weekly schedule. Yes. And here you can put mm -hmm. the links to the various assignments and things, and the resources, same as as Apara, and you can copy the Padlet. Yeah or share the path amongst other teachers or students. Yep. So again, this is not meant to be tool specific, but conceptually speaking, we should be working together. And I think, I think like 
Megan said, you know, this this time, um, this COVID time, um, we were all thrown into the deep end. And I think people are sharing more than, than before. And I see our roles um, as building that structure to keep that sharing going um, and to bring it to a bring it to a higher level um that that's that's one of my goals as well is so that it's it's you know this team here is sharing at this school and this team over here but how can we build the structure and system so that it 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 supports um just more of that i feel like it's the same thing that we try to um hope that our students do and empower people with what they're good at mm -hmm. so if i'm have a strength in math and i'm going to plan math then imagine what i could come up with the things i could do while my colleague who's strong in language arts is taking care of language arts and diving headfirst into that um the same thing that we try and do to the kids play to their strengths and um it's just working smarter and instead of harder and i think we always think we have to work harder and it's like this uh mindset that we have but we don't and there's nothing wrong with sharing the load so that things can get done um to the best and i feel like just you know kind of looking through this hapara and going through it it pulls in some things where some strengths that padlet has and some strengths that google classroom has and and other things it kind of morphs it together so that you can see um they had a baby Exactly. Like you know, and you, there's, it's perfect, and it's a cute one. It's a cute one. It's, cute. it's only as cute. cute as the teacher makes it, I should say. Oh. Yeah, because you can you can get fancy with the headers and the cards and yeah. things, or or not. And you know, I'm always kind of a proponent for beat hapar or whatever. If you're able to kind of fancy it up, if you will, to to give it that extra shine, because I think kids are going to buy into something a little mm -hmm. more if it kind of has that professional look. Oh, you should see. I mean, Bitmoji Classroom. Yes. Exactly and, I mean, what I'm talking about. People are like uh, doing some amazing things. Definitely. And, uh, mm -hmm. that, yeah, I mean, it, you know, it's that you got to, you know, it's the hook. You got to grab gotta, with anybody. Got to grab them so they want to stay. Yes. Yeah, yep. absolutely. Yep. Um, so you mentioned the, the structure um alicia before i definitely agree uh, also i think the, the the relationship piece is kind of key and that's something that i i definitely look at in coaching teachers because i feel like i do spend a lot of time kind of cheering teachers on and helping them to develop to raise the floor of their abilities because i work with teachers who previously may have had next to no tech experience and now want to try to to, to get better mm -hmm. and that's awesome and you know if it's sitting with them and working with here's how you add a text box to a google slide for an hour if that's what you need that's what you need and that's what i'm going to do mm -hmm. and then they do that and they are right, great i conquered that let's move on to the next thing mm -hmm. but more importantly is that the teacher kind of like trusts in our coaching now mm -hmm. that they don't feel like we're going to walk into the room and kind of belittle them because they don't know something because you know being teachers we like to think we know everything and when it comes to our students it's kind of you know we tend to try to portray that even though in this day and age we're not the experts anymore when we have the the internet basically <laughs> doors to the internet on every kid's desk right mm -hmm. we're not the smartest people in the room anymore mm -hmm. we can say we're probably the most wise though 
or we put the pressure on ourselves to think that we have to, to think that you're going to be judged if you don't know. You know what I mean? And it's totally okay to True. just say, I don't know. Let's look it up. Or you know and I don't. You know this pressure that we put on ourselves. Let's research it. Yeah. True. Let's yeah. research That's it. it. That's I tell it. my kids that all the time. They ask me how to do like 10th grade math. I'm like, I don't know. It's been a couple <laughs> years. I'm like, did you Google it yet? You're like, Alexa? YouTube it. Yeah. Or I'll be like, oh, let me think about that. And I'll go to the other room and Google it. Mm-hmm. Because I don't remember how to do that stuff, yeah. but you know, I, it, that's just an indication to me of teaching kids how to use the tool. It's mm-hmm. like you know, we had to go get the World Book Encyclopedia in the oh, library back in the day. Oh, he went there again. I went there again. You are dating really way old. Wow. But now we have this thing called a phone, <laughs> a cell phone that has all the information There's we could ever want that. in there. But what, why I said that we should be the wisest people in the room is we have to help kids understand. How to use the tool we're appropriately facilitators. we're facilitating facilitators. and more importantly to differentiate what information is correct true um mm-hmm. reliable right because you know everything we read on the internet is true of course well yeah it was on the internet right mm-hmm. so so kids could come back and, and with some knowledge from wikipedia and say hey this mm-hmm. is the gospel when maybe it is maybe it isn't mm-hmm. but mm-hmm. that's a part of what we have to do well that's and that's a new skill right mm-hmm. like that's a new 21st century skill right yeah absolutely absolutely so well this was awesome thank you megan for joining us thank you for for having me for giving us your insight and your background and um i i think this is uh, steve this is exactly this is exactly what we had in mind yeah. yeah um, when we when we started, just a conversation, sharing ideas, and uh, like I said, how can how can we? We're coaches. How can we help? Right. And do? I think it's also important for people to know that if you are interested in, in chatting with us, yes. you have ideas that you want to share because you know I, I don't know about you, Alicia, but I'm going to run ideas pretty soon. So I yeah, we're gonna to start talking out. about you know the Yankees. Yes, yeah. <laughs> he rolled his eyes. You couldn't uh, yeah. see that, but I'm telling you what his face looked like. <laughs> yeah, so we, you know it. It this, this is not meant to puff up us up at all. No, this is meant for no. for you guys. Um, in the, working in the district, uh, working outside the district. If uh, anybody else listening, you can contact uh, Steve Matthews or Alicia Carta. Um, and we'll put the information in the in in along where where the podcasts live. Uh, you can find us now, by the way, on Podbean first of all, and also Spotify. And Alicia is excited about what? being on Apple Podcasts. Wow, what? we are legit. Right, I see. We already know everything. Two episodes in, <laughs> rule the world. I'm right. glad I could help take you to the next level of your podcasting. Okay, easy now. All right, on that note, we're going to wrap it up. Uh, Have a great rest of your day, evening, weekend, wherever it is going on, whatever you're listening to this, and we'll see you next time. Thank you. Thank you. Blended and Beyond is a production of Middletown Public Schools Instructional Technology, copyright 2021. The podcast is produced by Alicia Carter and Steve Matthews. Editing and original music by Steve Matthews. Join us next time as we talk project-based learning with Damien Reardon and Lauren McKillack.
principal and STEM coach at Middletown's very own McDonough Elementary School.